Howard Lindzen is the founder and general partner at Social Leverage. All opinions expressed by Howard and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Social Leverage or StockTwits. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for decisions. Guests may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast. Welcome to Linsanity. Today we're talking with Noah. I'm not going to butcher his name, as I said before. Founder of Robin Healthcare. And the mission is uh, happier doctors, healthier patients. And we're going to get right into it. Noah, I'm not even going to pronounce your last name. It's okay. so many vowels. Yeah, sorry, I'm not very particular about it. How do you pronounce it? Our hand. Our hand. What, nas- what is that? Uh, it's, it's German. Uh-huh. Um... But it means wild turkey. It means wild turkey? Yeah, it's a, it's a type of wild turkey it's in German. It's a cool name. Yeah, 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 it's fun. So welcome to Linsanity. Yeah. It says presented by Stocktwits, but don't tell anybody. Okay. They, haven't, they haven't agreed to okay. this. And it really should be social leverage because you are a social leverage yeah, we'll uh, funded over. company. And, and, and my partner Gary is actually here. He, Gary, clap. <laughs> okay, with enthusiasm. So we have a live audience. So, so <laughs> this is really He's Gary's live. company. This is you and Gary uh, joint, but yeah. you know, you are a social leverage company. We're here for it's April. You support me too. We support you to. We don't support the idea of you living in San Francisco. Yeah. I don't know who crazy people, but <laughs> yeah. you kind of reverse commute to Berkeley. Yes. So Robin Healthcare. Yes. That's your company. We are uh, proud seed investors. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, what's so interesting is. Uh, social leverage never thought we'd invest in, well, I definitely won't, in healthcare. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, you know, I don't even go to the doctor anymore. But Gary, who who does enterprise, you guys knew each other mm-hmm. uh, from way back. But tell tell people about Robin Healthcare, and we'll, and we'll go into the, the device. The, yeah. The big mission. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm glad. Uh, I mean, healthcare is 18%. Is this deep. listening to me? It's not right and, now. And can if we could plug it in, we could do it. Can I make Bitcoin? Uh, not yet, because my first guest could make. <laughs> well, if he could run it on the on the OS, we could we could make yes. it happen. So tell, uh, there's a lot so, of downtime. So I've already screwed up the podcast. Okay, so, but that's what a podcast <laughs> is. Don't worry, it's on. No one expects this to be tight, and we're not okay. editing. So so let's walk through the product. Yeah. Um, so basically, Robin is a smart assistant device that sits in the exam room with doctors and patients, and then through the natural dialogue between the doctor and patient, we build fully billable clinical notes. And you're starting with what kind of doctors? So we've been starting with orthopedic physicians. Why? Um, so basically, there's 120 subspecialties across medicine. Orthopedic is uh, bones. Orthopedic is hips, bones, you know, uh, ankles, foot, you know, your entire body. Yep. Um, and so basically, you'll have there's six subspecialties within orthopedics, and we do all of them at this point. So six of 120, and then we're expanding into other specialties as well right now. And so from a total adjustable market, massive. Yes. Uh, which social leverage generally, we try and be a firm that doesn't really care about TAM because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's just a silly word. But mm-hmm. the, ma- the market is massive, yeah. which kind of scares us as investors sometimes. We're like, okay, why are we seeing a deal that has a massive mm-hmm. market opportunity? So how do you know Gary and where did that come yeah, from? Yeah. Um, so I met Gary when I was probably about- We'll put a picture of him up. Yeah, yeah, we should. Worry. You should it put, put no, a picture no, of me no. when, when I met Gary, which I was like 21 years old. Okay. Um, you know, probably could barely grow facial hair at the time. In San Diego? In San Diego. So I I was just starting my first company, and, and it was in pay, it was in gift payments. It, it was a company called Extra Bucks. And yeah. We were doing cashback coupons, comparison shopping. You've come a long way. Yeah, it was a idea we came up with in the dorms at USC. A little too much free time. Yep. And um, but managed to raise just enough money to survive. My co-founder was from Encinitas, and yep. And so we moved from was he USC. A surfer? 
he wasn't a surfer, but yeah, he's. I know uh, him, but. but the the life is uh, the life is good down there, and yeah. so we moved down to SD uh, in 2009. And around that, a little bit after that, got invited to this event in San Diego that I had no business being at, and Gary and Alex were just there be, writing checks. Be, they weren't writing Alex checks; they didn't invest. But it, they were really uh, just really supportive and really way too nice to me. Yeah. Uh, for somebody who had no idea what he was doing at the time yeah. and would answer my calls and would give me advice when I needed it, which was a lot at the, yeah. you know, at the time. But they weren't investors. Oh, they uh, were no. small or advisors. Uh, advisors, yeah. Yeah. Um, at the time, we like basically stopped. At that point, we stopped raising money. We had cash flow positive. Yep. And so then it was, you know, we like looked at like raising venture, but we realized that, you know, really I didn't want to be in e-commerce the rest of my life. Yep. And so I saw an opportunity to sell it and, and that's what we did. And, and it was a good exit. Yep. It was a good exit. Um, life-changing event for myself and a lot of people on our team. And, yeah. And so, so the reason, because a lot, the idea of the show is, is two things: yeah. we talk about investing and money yeah. and millennials and blah blah blah. And then yeah. half of the show, we're talking to our founders and cool. founders that we know and talking about life decisions like this. So, uh, you invest when we invest in a company, we don't we're not lifestyle investors, so yeah. we want people to have big ideas. No, yeah. Not so much about TAM, but about like, dude, we don't want you to flip the company. No, no. Um, so, did you have VCs in that company? No, we didn't. Okay, so we so, raised just under a million bucks. Okay. And so, so win, win, win. Yeah, exactly. We yeah. could, and it, you just didn't want to be in e-commerce. Yeah, I mean, it was at a point where like coming was finally like at a point where it could raise money. It was like, wait, why, why, what do we want to do with this? Why yeah. are we doing this? It's like, um, and so what we realized was it was not about this company. It was about the next company. Yeah. Um, and so where we could choose what we wanted to work on because yeah. we literally came up with the idea in our dorm rooms in a couple yeah. days at USC. Wow. Um, and what were you studying? Uh, business entrepreneurship and engineering, and uh-huh. um, dropping the engineering and focusing. Did on you have business. school debt? Uh, I had a little bit. It's expensive uh, but, school. Yeah, but where were you born? Uh, Massachusetts. Okay, so yeah, you were. So I had some state. help from my family to yeah. pay for a lot of the school. Fortunately, and then yeah. the rest. Would you, know, you the pay for yourself for. to go to that school today? And why didn't your parents write a letter and who they didn't pay off anybody? They Did we even trust <laughs> you at this point in time? Isn't anybody that got in USC um, a walking criminal? I think I, uh, that. <laughs> This is a podcast. Oh right, yeah, uh, I wasn't supposed to choke around. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's that. fine. Um, this is a podcast. I think you know, like, look, um, I think uh, you know, college education can be a waste of money for a lot of people. I personally, if, I my, think, if my kids came to me, yeah. I, you know, if they can write and they want to work, I, mean, yeah. I don't think I would have stopped them. I mean, they're both yeah. happy at school. Yeah, I think it was like it's what you make of it, and I actually did make something of it. It was like so. I went through. It was the coolest part is. I'm going through the entrepreneurship program at USC, and we had this idea for extra bucks. Undergrad? Undergraduate. Yeah, yeah. And so we would go to class, and we'd learn something, and then we'd be like, huh, cool. Like, how do we apply that to what our year? business? This is uh, 08, okay. 09. Okay. And, and you it, were, so how old are you? I was 21. How old are you now? I am 32. I can't do the math right. I'm 32. like third interview. Yeah. 32 only? Yeah. You're a baby. Yeah, grown up, grown up. Okay. So yeah. so you're you're in the, so USC's got the entrepreneurship yeah. class. So that was Good like, school. So, so that part was cool. So, right. So like, I think if you're just learning about entrepreneurship, theoretically, it's yeah. what is Good entrepreneurship, work. right? Um, and so, but being able to take it and apply it, take it and apply it. Yeah. And then, you know, we went through the USC business plan competition. We won that competition. We won 25K from the university, which, you know, and was enough for us to raise some money in 08, 09, which was like If you don't put that hard. 25K in Lehman. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we blew the money for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, on like terrible decisions, but you know, enough credibility that some people gave us money and we were able to raise just enough. Yeah. And so that was good from, you know, that standpoint. And I think the other part was 
USC was very Asia focused, uh-huh. and so my freshman year of school, we went out to meaning the, stu- the big Asian student population. That too, but they also like like I'm you know oh, a people white thinking about Jewish Asia. boy from Massachusetts. I had never thought about China, uh-huh. and then I ended up building a company in China. And I'm, would I have done that all without USC? Maybe, but right. I you know my freshman year of college, I went to Shanghai and got to have that experience. Uh-huh. Um, through like a honors program and then basically it's where you met your wife I assume uh, no no to, domestically yeah. but actually at USC yeah. uh, as well too at so, that, so for that like, at a Chinese restaurant at a Chinese right. Right. In, in the back of class not paying okay. attention yeah. good for you see now I like you <laughs> that's literally how I, yeah. I did it I, I think the well. most interesting thing is is when I started Wall Strip kind mm-hmm. of my first company yeah we we had the show and it was nothing and it was more than this, but it was uh, it was a produced show. And VC started. We got an article written about us, New York Times or something. The VC started calling me, and I was yeah. like, "What? What? Like, yeah. what? How is this a VC business?" Yeah. And so, luckily, I think we made the right decision. I loved the name. I loved everything about it. But we sold the company. Yeah. I was like talking to great VCs, and I'm like. I don't understand what the VC business is. If, like, I have nothing. Like, <laughs> this is literally a show about nothing. Yeah. Why are you asking me? To, like, I have no vision beyond this show every day. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's a good decision. Yeah. I think a lot of founders, they they, they look, read TechCrunch or, or mm-hmm. you know, everybody thinks they're going to be Zuckerberg. And yeah. not, you really have to have mm-hmm. – to take someone else's money, uh-huh. unless it's friends and family, you should take as much friends and family yeah. money as you can because they're your friends and family. <laughs> As long as you're not a thief, but yeah. like to take other people's money, you have to have a big idea. Yeah. So you went back to the drawing board. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, how do you go from extra bucks to healthcare? Because I yeah. know this story, but like it, it took a lot of time. Yeah. So I sold. We we sold the company in June of thirteen, and pretty much immediately after, I knew. I mean, we knew going into it, we didn't want to do e-commerce again, and um, and so there were three industries I was particularly interested in: energy, education, and health. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they all were exponential. I thought. Um, they all were meaningful and impactful. And so that was what I wanted. I wanted to do one of them. I, you know, settled on, you know, basically between uh, energy and health. And then I realized through some soul searching that basically there's nothing more important to me and those I love than their health. And so if I could work on any industry, if I could put my life's work towards something, it should be that. Mm-hmm. And so I had time. I had a two year out. So I started studying healthcare. And, and by studying what? Blogs? So um, everything from hiring a PhD from MIT and MD from UCLA to, to, come, do what? to come to my office and tutor me. Loser. I know. Sorry. Well, it's cheaper than a master's program. You may be so. too smart for this podcast. Yeah. Cut. <laughs> All right. See, I've never had someone come to my house except a yoga person. Yeah. It's pretty great. It's pretty affordable, actually. You'd be surprised. Like seven, 70 bucks college. an hour for a come PhD on. from MIT to teach you it's at the really pace you want. really idea. Right. And so, which is for me the really fast. Would you homeschool? Um, that's a longer question, but I mean, I think there's like two parts of education, which is you know learning social. stuff, and then the social part. Um, I don't know that we're gonna have a hybrid like, soon, huh? We're gonna have a hybrid. Soon. Yeah, there's no some, kid should there's be something going better. Seven thirty a.m. to school. It's a terrible. It's a idea. joke. It's literally you're not chemically designed for it. It's, it's a joke. Yeah. Okay, so uh, uh, you have people come to your house. Yeah. So uh, do they I, do so, yoga too, or just no, teach you? To just teach. Uh, so they, we, we'd um, kind of go through a diff- lot of material. So I wanted to basically give myself uh, massive optionality within health healthcare, not just be. I did e-commerce, so now I'm going to do e-commerce for healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I wanted to go into pharma because I thought that was going to be really cool and going to change healthcare through that or, or you know, biotech or whatever, I didn't really care as long as I could find where where was the right entry point. Yep. 
And so did that, um, read dozens of books on healthcare, hundreds of research reports. Yep. And then once I built that foundation, I started having conversations with people in the space. Yep. Probably had about 100 conversations. And then, you know, it was like, um, I should start going to conferences in healthcare. And that's actually where I met with my, my co-founder. Mm-hmm. Um, and through all this, um, realized that, you know, this center. Uh, that's Gary calling. That's it, it, Was that tips? Look, Gary, you're like, right here. Sorry, I got it. Um, you should be able to answer it right here. Yeah, soon enough. Um, and so basically what I realized was this: there's this entire system. And the center of the entire system is the exam room where the doctor and the patient are having a conversation yeah. about what's going on. And it's where the decisions get made is in that room between mm-hmm. yourself and your doctor. Mm-hmm. And I realized if you want to build something particularly interesting, you need to find a way in that room. And so I looked at that room and saw typically three actors. You have the doctor, uh, the patient, and the EMR. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the longest time, people have been trying to go in through the EMR. And those guys are not very interested in sharing their data. Uh, we've been Because they don't have to? Um, they're not incentivized to. This is the the pop up emergency medical places. The the large EMR systems. I mean, okay. they, they you know CMS has been pushing them to do it for a long time, uh, but, the but di- they just use software and they just click the clock. This is well, what the doctors use every day, and yeah. it's destroying the patient experience. It's um, it's, you know, I've been to enough orthopedics. Yeah, it's horrifying. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's hard enough. Yeah, I mean, you want them to, you get a couple minutes with them. Yeah, and you want them to pay attention to you. Yeah, and. Um, and actually look at you and assess your entire being. Um, and, you know, obviously, like, do you think a better, you know, they're a human being trying to solve a problem. That's what the doctor is, right? And, like, are they going to be a better at it like this? Yeah. Or are they going to be better at it just having energy for you? Yeah. And so, anyways, we saw basically. The timing's pretty good. Yeah. Finally, you do this 10 years ago. There's no you, way. Yeah, it been too difficult. Yeah. You would have um, comfort with devices like this. Yeah. We weren't there yet. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of hope that the EMR would kind of solve all these problems, digitize yeah. the information, streamline to. sharing of information. We know what, what works and what doesn't work in medicine, all these things. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but I didn't like that as entry point. You know, I think the consumer, you know, Silicon Valley gets super excited about, you know, consumers changing everything, including healthcare. And I think it's really hard for a consumer because I'm sitting in this room processing things emotionally, trying to make some sort of decision, yeah. you know, on what I'm going to do in a language I barely even speak. And so that's really difficult. And then you look at the provider, and if you ask the provider to log into one more thing, they're gonna lose their shit. And what I realized was that in many rooms, there's actually a fourth actor, a scribe quietly sitting in the corner taking notes in about 5% of rooms. Mm -hmm. And so I just asked some really basic questions after that of like, why is that person in the room? Why can't that be done remotely? But not every doctor has a scribe. I, no. I remember seeing scribes, yeah. like when Gary was explaining it to me, but not every time. Yeah, so it's one of the fastest growing professions in all of healthcare. Yeah. HIMSS projects by 2022 there's going to be one scribe for every seven doctors in the system. Right, one for, um, okay. And it's the reason being is it's the only thing. Like that a court reporter. Yeah, that's the best we got. You yeah. know, ancient Egypt, yeah. scribe taking notes. Yeah. Um, and it does help doctors, so it saves them time. Yeah. Um, lower burnout rates, increased happiness better throughput of seeing more patients in a given day. Right. Um, but hiring human beings all across the country, placing them in the right location at the right time yeah. uh, to do your Trusting notes. Trusting them. Exactly. And having very limited quality controls in place. Mm-hmm. And so we obviously saw, okay, could we do that? And then what if we brought speech to the game and machine learning to the game mm-hmm. uh, and good tooling and UX? 
Yeah. And so that's exactly what we started doing uh, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. um, testing in clinics and then you know, eventually building our own device to do this work. How would you trick Gary into doing that? How did I trick Gary into He's easy. Do you get him drunk? <laughs> uh, I'm that's sure there's some we drinking. That's not how we work at Social <laughs> He likes to party, but not in yeah. that way. The, um, I think... Uh, so when did you decide that you needed to raise real money? Um, I mean, I think... I I decided I want to do something really big in healthcare, and so I um, I knew I'd have to raise money, um, but I you know very much believe like okay I could how many assumptions can I kill yeah. you know, can I kill it's the big idea. can I it's kill the idea of... before it gets off because that would save everybody a whole bunch of money and time yeah. uh, myself included and so um, you know basically for the equivalent of forty thousand dollars we had our first paying customer mm-hmm. um, by webcams and microphones and. Um, you know, Emilio, my co-founder, uh, was doing the first notes. I remember, yeah. Um, and, you know, the first test I was doing was in my mom's veterinary clinic because there's yep. no HIPAA. Yeah. Um, and just to see how patients reacted to uh, device streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, build, started building some of our own tech, and we had a handful of paying customers. And I was like, okay, this is real. Yeah. You know, like the first paying customer, you know, I took some friends and family money from people who – had wanted to invest post extra bucks, yep. you know, wanted to get into the next company. And then I was like, okay, get a handful of these, make sure it's real. Yeah. Uh, and when we started, it was, a, it was off the hard, off the shelf. Yeah. So we didn't, you didn't expect to have to be in the hardware business at the beginning. Not so early. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we kept sweeping, looking for devices, but yeah. having a device, um, you know, there's kind of basically two sides of the device world. You have, um, you know, the ones that are always on, like security cams, mm-hmm. uh, which are not designed to have the, the cameras ever covered mm-hmm. um, and uh, are not very comfortable to have around you um, and are not very good for acoustics. Mm-hmm. And you have more like conference ones, which are not designed to run all the time. And so we were basically hide, you know, using these conference ones, running our own software on them. Yeah. And they were just, they worked. But it was a lot of work to keep them working all the time. So this is like the size of a Sonos, but a little more elegant. Yeah. Funny you it, should say the guys who did the Sonos speaker actually were part of designing this. Really? Yeah, yeah. And so what was the most important thing of this device? Um, I mean, a handful of key characteristics. So it has um, – so if I, this is the mute and non-mute up. button. So you need to be able to – So the key is mute and Control. Non-mute. Yeah. Right? I need to get – so 98% of patients can send to audio and video. There's optional video, which most patients accept. You just spin it to turn on video. So does the doctor keep this right by him? They're basically sitting on, like, the desk. Oh, but he doesn't want to go on and off? No, because most people, you just just have a conversation. Does he have to say yes? Um, So the patient consents before they walk into the room. So um, they get consented before the room. The device also is not like... And is there a percentage of people that's like, no, God Yeah, a couple people. I mean, you're going to have, you know, like 2% of people who are going to say, this is not for me. That's about the number. Um, But what you see in general is that... In most cases, the patients are just hanging, you know, they're just like, wow, I walked in that room and the doctor never looked away from me. Yeah. Which is just like unheard of today. Do the doctors, I mean, doctors aren't social creatures, so do they even like this idea of looking the patient in the eye? They do? They, they do. Happens. Yeah, they do. I think, um, I mean, they, they care. They want to be good at what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like, this 50% of our doctors are burning out. We're literally killing our doctors. Yeah. Um, and there's a well, it's just you're just so much extra time. I mean, f- yeah. I mean, the, for every hour with a patient, you're spending two hours on administrative work. Um, like, I mean, just imagine any conversation you have in, in the VC world, and then afterwards you have to do double the amount of note taking and administrative work. Like, I think you're not a professional would. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it's uh, 
it's a it's a really hard way to practice today. <sighs> and I think the only reason it's lasted this long is doctors are type A personalities mm-hmm. who are super achievers and mm-hmm. have just tackled everything that's ever been put in front of them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, now I got to do notes. I guess I'm just going to keep What's grinding. What's the selling process like? Um, so the device, the service is 150 bucks a day. Mm-hmm. You get the devices right now for free. They're mm-hmm. included in the service. Um, and yeah, I mean, what's cool is you can have anything as small as like a small group of doctors, a single doctor can raise their hand and say, I hate my notes. I'm willing to pay for the service and we'll start doing your notes. Mm -hmm. Um, and we'll be posting your notes directly into your own EMR. Um, or it can be a giant health institution like the ones that we're talking with and going to go live with soon. And so what's the smartest way that you've figured out to attack the industry? Um, now that you've done it for a couple of years, what, who, what, who, who, who is the decision maker? It depends on the org. So but I'm saying, so which which have you decided is easier to go um, after? So, I mean, we particularly like the medium-sized groups. Okay. And um, what does that mean? 50 they, doctors? 15 to, you know, 80. Right. Um, make quick decisions. You know, run themselves like a business. Yeah. Um, adopt technology quickly. But the doctors make the decision. It's a blend. And so it's basically... Um, you have this kind of shared decision making that occurs mm-hmm. um, where like these giant institutions, they run like a very standard top down org. Yep. And so, um, you know, you can move things pretty quickly if you get the right champion within these medium sized groups. There's no difference. You are a scribe company. Yes. With that's technology. Part of what we do, yeah. So on the back end, they understand like nothing changes except the machine. Yeah. Machine's How much work? Only, yeah. And any amount of work. Obviously. How much work can you delegate to the machine? Yeah. Is the key. And what what do you, what's the feedback? Um, I, mean, I know I, you're growing really fast, yeah. but what's like the verbal feedback? I mean, the verbal feedback is fun stuff. Like from a doctor, I you know, I don't the other day, kill myself. no, like I I swim in my pool for the first time in the middle of the week. I've, I've never done that, hmm. uh, or I put my son to bed for the first time. He's eight months old. Yeah. Um, or I'm seeing ten more patients a day, mm-hmm. or. I'm finding that my care is 15% better because rather than listening to you and thinking about how I'm going to document what you're saying, I'm simply listening. And and you're documenting in the background. So the key is the trust at some level of how to describe this on the back end. Yeah. Right? Because I still got a proof that everything happened. Yeah. Oh, of course. And I mean, I think the thing is we have the systems, you know, we're getting the speech rec. This is the hard part now that you're yeah. dealing with systems. Yeah. So we're taking the speech recommendations, what we know about the patient, what we know about the doctor, and using that to predict the note. Then you have humans doing the cleanup work to get into its final state, yeah. which is a fully billable clinical note. Yeah. And so... Um, so you're tagging it yeah. and, and doing these... Exactly. And what I mean, what I can say, um, you know, anecdotally, is we actually, I feel like, catch far more errors um, than we ever make, mm-hmm. um, where people are... You know, I mean, doctors... I mean, imagine the standard scenario where doctor sees 30, 40 patients in a day um, and running through them, maybe gets to do a few of those notes that day. Otherwise, a day later when they have some time are trying to recall everything that they did and then rapidly dictate that into a a dictaphone Mm -hmm. or type it out as fast as they can. Mm -hmm. I mean... Yeah, I mean they it's it, we have a unfair advantage. We have the yeah, you know, we have the audio and video from the room. And um so where does it price out in comparison to a scribe? Um marginally more affordable than scribes in certain markets, similar to scribes in other markets. So it's really the, the key decision is just life st- is just yeah. peace. I think um you know the the challenge scribes are great if you have a good one. Yeah. Uh the problem is they turn over every 9 to 12 months. So you're constantly training and retraining them. You mm-hmm. never have to train Robin. 
Mm-hmm. Um, additionally, you're looking at uh, just like another human being in your space, and mm-hmm. exam rooms aren't that big. And so you've raised an A round, mm-hmm. and um, where do you go next? Uh, or is it just unlimited growth and just orthopedics? Oh, sorry. It's okay. Um, we're I mean, we're going to be going cross specialty. That's obviously a big part of this. Yeah. Nothing is. We didn't go. Oh, you can only do this in orthopedics. Yeah. It's just you know if you're going to teach a machine a language, maybe start with one. Yeah. Um, and so what we'll be going to other specialties as well. We just have to build out the ontology, which is like our vocabulary that we use um, within each clinical note. So you have to kind of seed it with a bunch of stuff and. And what are they asking for on the back end, doctor? Now that they have the hardware mm-hmm. and they see the end result, is there any kind of new things that, that popped up that the customer is telling you about? Yeah, I mean, interestingly, like one of the things that um, they care about a lot is like, uh, it's it's funny, like we'll do the note for them. We get into the EMR and they'll be like, it still takes me five clicks to go through the EMR to sign the note. Hmm. That's the worst part of my day now mm-hmm. is I'm doing this. So they, they're, you know, they're saved from probably the 15 other clicks. Like, so could I sign the note through a Robin interface? And so that's something that is Like DocuSign or something? Yeah, exactly. And you'll just build all that elegantly on your own? Or, yeah. It's yeah. pretty nice when you can, when you don't have to build the entire scope of services for an EMR. And um, then who do you need to talk to? Who does the back end of Robin talk to? The doctor's office or do you have to just, how do they stay compliant? <coughs> uh, so how do they get the data back? And you ha- yeah, and then how do you use... Yeah. Keep your compliance. Yeah. So basically we're, um, you know, we pipe the data back in through, you know, either through remote logins into the EMRs or through yeah. players like OneUp or Redox yeah. into the EMRs as well. So that way the data is always there and they're kind of master record. Yeah. Um, and also we can extract the data that we need to do great clinical notes for the doctor. So you guys could be theoretically put out of business if people stop, I always thought maybe people stop going to that. Is is that still stop a, going to the doctor? Well, I mean, like <laughs> they can look it up online. I I I used to be a hypochondriac, and now I don't go to the. I don't want to know what the hell is going the, on anymore. So so too. is is that changing? Are people doctors seeing as many patients? Oh yeah, I mean it's eighteen percent of our GDP and growing. It's three point seven trillion now. Wow, from, from three point four last okay. year. I so mean, people just like to see their doctor. It's uh, I mean, healthcare is a nasty beast yeah. i mean 18 percent of gdp what's that's why second? you need to be investing in what's second uh i don't even know but 18 percent scary well, maybe energy is second let's see what would in be college second? like uh, the whole <laughs> education scam we have what, a trillion dollar trillion dollars of student debt yeah so 18 percent of gdp so where are the other innovations that you're seeing just not your company but like what else is exciting what else in is healthcare? exciting in healthcare that i'm excited about like, do you invest in... No, all I think about is Robin all day. Uh, all you think? That's a good answer. <laughs> so, um, how many people I'll are you now? How many people are you now? Uh, so, kind of 25 on the uh, engineering ops, biz dev, all that. Um, and then a whole bunch of scribes. And so, the scribes are where? I've and seen them in Austin. Mostly in Austin, Texas. And so, what? What? how do you qualify to be a scribe? Um, so, basically, we, um, we look for primarily pre-medical students. Right now, just mm-hmm. exclusively in Austin. That won't be the case forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and we look for, um, you know, basically through that, you do a lot of testing with us. So, we mm-hmm. take you through um, 40 hours of e-learning yep. where you're constantly being tested throughout the process. And yep. we're just measuring your performance. And so, we're doing things that... Um, you know, it's taken, you know, I think we can basically take you through the whole process in about seven days. It's pretty days. exciting. You ascribe, like someone in medical school can learn a lot faster if they're a scribe. Yeah. 
I mean, it's it's awesome. You you pick up all this vocabulary. Yeah, you're learning you the get, language. You get to see how people really practice medicine. And then the cool part with Robin is you're not just seeing one provider. Yeah. You're seeing, you know, you'll see maybe a dozen providers in your time at Robin. Wow. And so you're you're getting a really broad lens of how people provide care and you're going to get to see multiple specialties and so it's you know, it's a neat experience and then for us what's really cool is we get these like amazing smart people mm-hmm. who come to work at our company and then we bring the very best into the company because like we have many of them who keep deferring med school to come into the ranks of the company is that good or bad i think it's awesome that um, they're not going to be doctors they're not going to be doctors they're not going to be scribes so they they come up to be yeah. like other things but um you know they like it's this uh you know, these are the smartest students at UT Austin, which is right. like one of the best schools in the country. Um, and uh, well, they're learning more, probably doing what you're doing, yeah, because they're seeing the patients. Something like yeah, but yeah, exactly. And then so something like thirty um, percent of the Stanford graduating class from medical school didn't go in, on to practice medicine. Wow. So it's what just is, what do they generally do? They go into tech at this point. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah, well, it's it's a good thing. It's also a sad. Machines thing. Machines are going to kill the doctors, anyways. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. We got uh, a long, a long way to go. We're yeah. complicated. Yeah. Right? Um, but I think if we can, the bigger thing for Robin is to just like, yeah, you know, can we be assistive without being interruptive? Okay. And so far, tech hasn't really managed to do that. Right. Um, and and can, doctors are geeks, so they're willing to try stuff, aren't they? Yeah, I think many of them are actually, I and mean, we have you know everything from the young doc who just yeah. started to the. Well, the young doc's growing up with the stuff around them. Yeah. And Apple Watch. Anything tied to the Apple Watch? Why do you like your Apple Watch? Um, I do like my Apple Watch. Nothing to do with Robin. No, I mean I think it's an interesting form factor to think about. Um, I think in the end, you you know, you want to have context. You know, the way we talk to each other. um, If I was trying to assess this, and you know, one is um, you don't always have just two people in a room. Yeah. I could have your caretaker, your you know significant other, you know, other family members, the nurse you know, the, uh, the doc in the room. Yeah. And so not having visual context is quite difficult. And yeah. we refer to things like it hurts here. It hurts when I do this. Yeah. And so it is an important component. And so for, for my listeners, if, if people want to help, uh, Robin healthcare, they, who do you want to be introduced to 15 to 80 person practices, but who Probably. doctors like they're, they have a friend who's an orthopedic. Yeah. I mean, right now, definitely orthopedics, but also ENT. Got it. Uh, which is coming next. Yep. So email um, me if you know people. This is that'd be awesome. it's robinhealthcare.com. Yep. Uh, yep. And where'd you come up with the name? Because we, we've been lucky with the name Robin. <coughs> with the name Robin, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, basically, it came from the idea of Sidekick. Mm-hmm. And um, we also liked that it was you know male or female. Mm-hmm. And like, who doesn't? I mean, Robins, they seem like nice birds. Why I know why. Oh, because Robin with a bird is a Yeah, eye. I think so. Yeah. I don't know. Emilio came up with it. And, and then uh, what about um, uh, hiring? Where, 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 are you, where are you hiring? Yeah, so I think the um, biggest thing is probably on the engineering side. Okay. Um, just San more Francisco builders. preferably. Uh, Berkeley or SD or San Diego. Berkeley or, or SD. Yeah, that's right. So I, there are, yeah, to that's me, the dream. It's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, San Diego. This, basically, we have offices in Berkeley, San Diego, and Austin. I mean, these are not bad pretty places good. in the world to be. Yeah, Austin for taxes. <laughs> yeah, San Diego for lifestyle. Yeah, you, this is what isn't this Berkeley part of what for you what? Do? what? What's Berkeley? for Berkeley? Burning books. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's like you get the whole energy of SF, but you can like because you can just step outside of it. You don't have to like it. And so, what's the commute? You Bart, it. or how do you go? Uh, I often reverse commute, so because okay. I'm coming from the city. Okay, well, Robin Healthcare. Yes. 
congratulations. Thank you very not much. Not a really hard problem and a big idea. So yeah. uh, congratulations. Thank you.